Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And thanks for joining us today. How's everybody doing? Hi, I'm Steve Lacey, (laughs) mixing it up. I mixed it up a little bit. I'm Phil Thompson, he's Steve Lacey, and uh, we are a company called JSL Solutions. And we're bringing you what? Church Solutions Podcast. That's right, the Church Solutions Podcast, as the announcer said before us. And uh, we're we're glad to have you here. We're a company that uh, works with uh, churches and ministries for uh, streaming video, mobile apps, uh, website templates, content management stuff. That kind of thing. And we've got great content for today, right? What are we talking about? Yes, very good segue. We do have great content for today. We're going to talk about seven communication tips for your church staff and or volunteers. All right. These are some things that I applied in my corporate world as well. That's right. It's, I'm not it's, sure where I learned them, but uh, I did apply them. Well, I, I think it's really good stuff. I, I think uh, you know everybody wants to work you know, or volunteer for an organization. It has, you know, a good work culture. You know what I mean? It's, you know, everybody that's involved in leadership, they want to have a staff that's positive and, you know, the morale is high. And, uh, but the problem is we don't always know how to get there to that. You know, we, we want something that really is easy and, and a great place to work and be involved and volunteer, but it's difficult sometimes for us to kind of figure out, okay, how do we get to that kind of an environment? So that's what this is about. Yes, we've got seven communication tips. We've I just listened seven. to a, a story on uh, Bobby Knight, and he probably did not exercise these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Knight, uh, coach <laughs> for, for Indiana, and also Texas Tech, right? Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's. Is he at Texas Tech now? He was, but he's no longer. I don't think. Oh, no, okay. No, he's retired quite a while ago. His son was in coaching too. I did but, not know uh, that. Yeah, but he used to throw chairs at people, didn't he? Didn't Bobby Knight do something like that? He used to uh, punch he, his people. He did and... not apply these seven tips that we're going to. Uh, <laughs> he had seven tips. Over. Yes, he but did. He did win, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he was not. He probably not have been a big big fan of what we're going to go over today. All right. Well, let's let's go over it. So these are seven communication practices that hopefully will improve your staff or volunteer culture. So the first one is. Confront privately and praise publicly. Yes, this is this is rule number one that that I know I applied in my former life yeah. in the corporate world, and that was and it's it's kind of a thing that um, different styles of management. Uh, I felt mm-hmm. that those that I respected the most applied this um, very well. Okay, and so yeah, so you you. You basically you aren't you aren't going to reprimand or or um, address right. someone on your staff in a negative way in public. Right. You will take them away privately and address any issues. But you do if you have an opportunity to for praise, you want to do that not privately but publicly. Right. Yeah. In front of their peers. Because public embarrassment of volunteers or staff, it's it's harmful. It's very harmful to the culture, to the person, and. Uh, you know, so it's it's very important to do the things you just said. You know, uh, correct privately, praise publicly, 
it, it not only does this help encourage the team member, but also helps affirm, helps, you know, yeah. affirm and communicate expectations to the rest of the team. Yeah, and it's not hard to do. It takes a little bit of discipline because mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, I need to let this guy know that this is unacceptable and we're in a staff meeting and he's amongst his peers and right. and you want to go bite your tongue for a minute or uh, there's something that great happens and you, you know, you want to mm-hmm. schedule a time where you can be in front of other people to praise the person. Right. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of discipline, but it's not too hard to do. Yeah. And it will build a culture of, uh, what's the word? Positivity. Is that right? Posit- positivity. What's the word there? Well, that sounds I can't get it. Positivity. It, it's sure. Is that a word? It just, it creates a culture of being positive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would be a good thing. All right. So that's, so confront privately. And praise publicly. Number two. So number two, have difficult conversations in person. In person. So I actually was actually thinking about this just the other day. And I actually, I think I posted it on Facebook. And I think I actually posted it under streamingchurch.tv's postbook, face, Facebook status. And that was uh, the evolution of human communication. Uh, it's gone from face-to-face <laughs> to phone to email to now text with a negative frowning emoji. <laughs> if you think about it, right? I mean, the face-to-face confrontation, people run from it, and then they, they, you know, they may do it over the phone, but now they're doing it more with email or even texting now, and texting with the negative emoji. As, mm-hmm. So anyhow, that was kind of a joke, but at the same time, it's true. Uh, uh, negative emails, text messages, they're just a bad idea. Uh, it leaves plenty of room for negative interpretation. So this is these are difficult conversations. These are yeah. deals where you need to address some um, bad behavior or right. just some some challenging thing. And it's it, the inclination is Ooh, I'm not looking forward to this as much as this other person won't be looking forward to right. this. So maybe I'll just send them an email, and uh, yeah. and that's. Yeah, you know, that's because what happens in person. There's a lot of body language that's going on that can be really miscommunicated if you're not doing this, this communication in, per, in person. Yeah, and if you're talking to somebody and you sense their body language is you know more of a negative, you can kind of correct a little bit and bring some encouragement in and kind of help. You know, I guess cushion the difficult conversation a little bit. If, if I can say it like that. Uh, so, I mean, the bottom line is this. If you're, if you're contemplating communicating something in an email or a text or verbal conversation, remember this. Write positive things and say difficult things. Because, you know, if you, if you try to write difficult things, they can be, again, misinterpreted. Yeah, because reading the tone of a written right. thing can be yeah. misconstrued. Yeah. It's easier I mean, to, to read the tone of positive. Yeah, that like happens it. all the time. So I, I think that's you know, where, yeah, we yeah. went and I told you my kids, um, we, they text us and we reply with, okay. Yeah. And the culture now today is that, okay, really means you're really mad and upset. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know that at the time, but yeah. yes. So, and I was like, we didn't know that either. And they thought, <laughs> wow, I get they, they, they were assuming either we don't know what's going on, which is probably the case a lot (laughs) or they're really upset with me saying that I will be there in 20 minutes, you know, 
Okay, so, yes. but but so how how should you respond then? Just just K or oh, KK well, or my, what? Uh, my kids said, yeah, KK is the uh, I'm I'm happy and that sounds great. Okay. But this kind of ties into communicate in person so exactly. they can listen to the tone of your voice because it could be just like you said, yeah. okay, or it yeah. could be okay. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, good stuff. All right, KK. All right, so. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, yeah, again, face-to-face is the best thing to do there. Somebody's knocking on your door. Yes, uh, I'm getting texts while we're yeah, doing the podcast. All right. Well, uh, good for you. You can multitask. I can't. So, number three, when we talk about communication tips for your church staff and, and volunteers, encourage more than correct. So, there's that old joke, and I remember watching All in a Family years ago. They started this? Well, I remember hearing it for the first time in All of the Family because I thought it was a funny joke. And and, and it's the idea of, like, the wife breaks down in tears and says to her husband, you know, they've been married for decades, I don't even know if you love me anymore. (laughs) And Archie Bunker says to Edith, he looks shocked and surprised. He says, look, Edith, I can't do the New York accent. But he goes, I told you I loved you the day I married you. If it changes, I will let you know. So the idea behind this is, you know, you want to constantly encourage and, and, you know, when you're communicating, try to be more encouraging than you are correcting. And sometimes that's hard if you're in leadership, because if you're very analytical like me and you're in, you know, I do a little part-time gig as an executive director for a church. You know, I'm very much task-oriented when I'm in that mode. And so I'm looking at things that need to change, need to be fixed, need to be corrected. It's very tempted to, when you see somebody in charge of that department, a volunteer or even a staff person, to say, look, we need to do this, we need to do that. You know, it's easy for me to get in the corrective mode. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're involved in leadership, you want things that need to be changed to change. But the bottom line with this little uh, comment here is that, you really need to season it with encouragement and and try to encourage as much as you can more than you do when it comes to communicating correction. Does that make sense? Yes. So a good way to kind of assess yourself is just try to weigh the conversations that you've had Mm -hmm. and say, hmm, how many of those were, how much of that was correcting and versus commending. Yeah. And again, it, the, some of this stuff, as you said earlier, it, it takes a little bit of discipline if you're leading a team or something as a, as a volunteer that's a leader or a staff person that's a leader because, you know, you're trying to get stuff done and it's easy to see all the issues and you want to fix those issues. But got to remember, people are involved in the equation here. They're humans. They have feelings. They need encouragement. Right. So number four on our list number is four. be transparent. Be transparent. So this is a little difficult for introverts. Uh, and by the way, I'm finding, I don't know about you, but I have found that a lot of leaders are introverts. I, I see more leaders that are introverts than I do extroverts. Uh, yeah, introverts much. are people that, you know, they process things internally. Uh, extroverts are people out there. My wife's an extrovert, and she actually gets her fuel from being around other people. That that fires her up. She's an extrovert. I My batteries get drained when I'm with groups of people for a long period of time, like 10 minutes. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but you know, it does, it drains me. So I get my batteries charged by being alone. If she's alone for a long time, her batteries so, will get drained because yeah. she's an extrovert. So what, what the introvert will tend to do is process things internally and not let people know what they're thinking. Exactly. 
And so yeah. I actually had uh, a boss for many years back in the corporate world. And I thought he was the master. He, I definitely an introvert because yeah. he, he'd call me into his office and we start talking about something <clears throat> and he would stop talking and just look at me <laughs> and I could not avoid letting the silence go. <laughs> so every time I walked out of his office, I'm like, he got me to say more than I was ever anticipating saying. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like, he was just, he was just that awkward pause. He could just pull it off. No problem. Right. And I don't know if that was part of his strategy or if maybe he was just an introvert and didn't have anything to say. And so that's what he would, yeah, he was, would do. But, yeah. You know, he wasn't indicating the conversation was over. He just indicating, I'm not going to say anything right now. And if you don't say anything, we're just going to stare at each other for a few minutes. It's kind of like, what is it, the negotiating stuff? Whoever talks first loses. Yeah, uh, I, you I know, lost I, that every time. But he was a great I, boss, though. Yeah, well, I think it, it has a lot to do with your personality. And, and I think the problem is if you're an introvert and you're leading, or even if you're working with somebody, you know – you're, you're forcing people sometimes to figure out what's going on or what you're thinking yeah. and what you're thinking. And so you, sometimes you just need to, to force yourself to communicate. And you know, there's times that it would be appropriate to do that by like my wife. She is, when she's thinking about, when we're thinking about doing something, whatever it might be, either going out somewhere or even a project or something around the house or even dealing with our, our teenage son, her thoughts are because she's an extrovert. She's just, as she thinks she's talking may not be what she wants to do may not even be any intention totally of what she wants to do, but she will just talk about this and that. And I'm like, well, you really want to do that? Well, no, no, I'm just thinking out loud. Mm. And where I'm more of a, I just don't really say much about it until, you know, I'm forced to say something or whatever. But I think there's a balance there. I do think you need to think it out a little bit before you spill the beans, but you still need to let people know what's going on. You, and especially if you're in leadership, you gotta, you gotta communicate the vision. You gotta be clear about some of the things or where you're trying to go on something, you know? So anyhow, it, it's just about, it's all about creating an environment of trust. Yes. Letting your team in on your thought process when appropriate. Yes. So, so we're going over the seven tips right. for communication within your staff. So that's number right. four, no, number five this on is, our list. It's number five. Be optimistic. Be optimistic. All right. So optimistic leaders really do attract followers. Pessimistic leaders tend to attract negative people as well. Uh, there's a quote in here, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but the idea was this. In difficult times, the unbridled optimism of a leader will carry the day. So, yes. Sometimes if it's really, if times are rough, sometimes at least some optimistic thinking will maybe get you through it <laughs> until, you know, a solution comes about. Uh, and it's got to be realistic, optimistic yeah. thinking. You can't, because sure. you'll lose it there as well if people think, oh my gosh, this guy's just, he's such a pie in the sky dreamer right. that he doesn't have his feet on the ground and, and you know, but having some realistic optimism um, is important as a leader and then you need to communicate right. that. Yeah. But again, optimism, I think, I think it's a powerful tool because I think, you know, as we know, even in business and in ministry, uh, you know, I have a friend in ministry who, who um, took over a church 
And that's always the hardest thing when a pastor takes over a church that's been around for a while and there's, you know, he's got a different vision or a different idea on how to do things. He gets a ton of, you know, criticism. I mean, he's the new guy, so to speak, and now he's trying to take it a different direction. And his one of his famous quotes is, you know, and now he's been doing it for years and years. His his quote is, you know, how how have you been able to be so successful, especially through the changes you've made? And the answer is, I just outlasted my critics. <laughs> I think he said outlived my critics, and I think that's true. I mean, a lot of times you're going through a difficult time. You just got to be optimistic. You need to be positive. And you just need to hang in there. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to be unrealistic, but, but there are usually some positive things you can see. And if you can hang on to those things for a little while, uh, it might help you through a difficult time. So optimism is definitely a good thing to do. I'd rather work for somebody that was optimistic, uh, maybe even a little bit too much optimistic at times than somebody that's always negative, right. you know? Uh, so that's just thoughts so on it there. Number six on our list number of six. communicating we're moving, Tips. moving through this thing really well. So be a yeah. raving fan publicly and a Frank critic privately. Who's Frank? <laughs> oh, Frank as in being uh, it, it honest is, and – yeah, I guess you're saying – It is capitalized on our notes, but I think it's yeah. not the, it's not the Frank, Frank no. uh, uh, I, I think that's true. I mean, you know, it's easy. And again, I, I fall in the mode of being very analytical a lot of times. And it's easy to get in conversations about how we could do this differently or how we could have done it differently and why this isn't working. We should be doing this. We should, and it's, sometimes it's easy. And your, your intent may not be to cause gossip. Your, your intent may not be to tear down. But, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to be constructive critically. But if you're not careful, you can the wrong people can hear that. And they can't process it, I guess is what I'm saying. And so you may see issues and faults in your church, but you, you need to be very, very careful who you share that with because it can snowball into a major well, problem. How you share that with. And how you share it. Who you, who you share it with and how you share it. Yeah. Absolutely. So there was you know, an example in our notes talking about um, worship leader just blowing a particular yeah. song and um, somebody's, you know, Congregation member comes up after the service and complains to the pastor. He says, "Ah, oh, that song you just butchered that song." And yeah. and the response is that to come across is a he says, "Wow, we we do all kinds of different things in our music, and we really try to mix it up mm-hmm. and really try to do an excellent job." Yeah. And the guy, our worship leader is really on the ball. Mm-hmm. So you're you're coming across as a publicly you're coming right. across as a. Huge fan. A, a huge fan of the right. church and what mm-hmm. everything's going on. Yeah. But, but privately, you may want to meet with that worship yeah. leader and go, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember, uh, I was having a meeting one time. I wasn't the senior pastor. I was on staff. And uh, somebody, somebody in the band was playing the wrong, was in the wrong key or something on the guitar. They were playing the wrong chord progression. And, uh, boy, they just, they just, certain people on the staff just let the music director hear all about that. I mean, it wasn't even her that was doing it. It was somebody on her team that was playing, you know, I mean, come on, you know, I mean, people make mistakes and maybe there's time for correction, but you don't have to make it a huge deal, you know, unless it is a huge deal, but right. most of the time it's not a huge deal. You don't want to throw anyone under the bus publicly. No, not- not at all, and and I think that this is a good this is a good point. You know, be be a fan publicly, and and uh, and uh, you know, be frank 
in a critical manner in a very private setting and be very discreet. And by the way, I, I heard something this past weekend that I've never heard before. I don't know why I got on it. Oh, I was thinking about music. The gal leading our music sneezed during a song. Huh? It was at the end of the service, and she sneezed really loud <laughs> twice. I've never heard that ever. I've never heard a music person that was leading a song I, sneeze. I, there was a whole band up there. It wasn't just yeah. her, but it, it was just funny. It was. It's uh, amazing we have not heard more of that, but yeah. yes. She sneezed twice. It was just hilarious. Huh. I don't know. Anyhow, I'm getting off track here. But, uh, so this, right, this, this last one I think can go... Either way, in my opinion. Yeah, you don't like this, do you? This last what, point. What do you mean? So the last point is have relationships outside of the office. This is with, with your staff. With your staff. Have relationships outside the office with your staff. Yeah, because I know that um, it, well, back in my corporate life when yeah. I was leading a group of people, um, I tended to be much more uh, – uh, friendly and available and social mm-hmm. with um, people that worked for me. But the person that actually took over the group later had uh, the complete opposite, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I guess there could be good and bad, but this was, this is kind of leaning, you know, the notes we have here are mm-hmm. talking towards um, having relationships outside the office mm-hmm. with those that report to you. Um, I guess on the pro side is you really become authentic with the people they get to mm-hmm. know them. Right. Plus your your days are much better because you're you're working with people that you want to hang with anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So a good example is I would go to lunch with people that work for me, mm-hmm. you know, and the the boss that took over never would um, right. go to lunch with anybody. Mm-hmm. So and. I don't know. I don't know. It was different so, styles. So you think that's a good thing that that person that took over didn't have any relationships with anybody um, outside of work, so to speak? Outside of work, I, I mean, there's pros and cons both yeah. ways. Yeah. So I could see that. Yeah, there uh, was the, yeah, the the not having the social it became a more a little more sterile, a little mm-hmm. more formal, right? A little. Um, you know, more, I don't know, it's not the right word, but militaristic kind right. of a thing. You know, right. I'm the boss, you're the you're the underlings, and right. we're going to run a tight ship. And mm-hmm. as opposed to mine was much more looser environment where, yeah. you, know, they'd, you know, the people that work for me were... There's friendship involved. Yeah. I had a uh, leader, and I, I, I still, I, I think in the church world, Maybe it's a little different. I don't know. Maybe we can hear from some of our listeners about this point. But I had a friend who would say, you know, especially with his leadership team, he would say, we are friends first, leaders second. Friends first, leaders second. And and I, that resonates with me. I think that if you're on a leadership team, uh, that I think friendship is important, especially in a church environment. Uh, maybe not at Raytheon. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But uh, I, I think you know, sometimes developing good relationships, especially again, ministry might be a little different, you know, that's probably true. Uh, just because you're, you know, you're, you're dealing with people and trying to help people and all that. I I don't know. But I I think, uh, one of the things I remember somebody telling me years ago was, uh, before I would hire somebody, I'd take them out to eat for like lunch or dinner or something. And I'd see how they would treat the waitress. Mm -hmm. And if they were rude to the waitress, I didn't want them on my staff. 
Because if they're going to be rude to, to somebody like a waitress or a waiter, you know, what are they going to be like to other people that are, so to speak, under them, I guess, or whatever? So I thought that was a good thing. And then, you know, in our notes here, somebody talks about the Friday night test. You know, would I, you know, is, is this the type of person and family I would want to spend time with on a Friday night? Talking about, you know, somebody they're going to hire. If the answer was no, I shouldn't hire them. Uh, cause I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, uh, work hard at building a relationship with them outside of the office. So I, I don't know. Uh, their, well, their point is if it's yes, then it made the job easier right. because it helped develop stronger working relationships and improve staff culture. I think the, the day, probably the primary danger on the, the negative side for this is that, um, people will perceive you as developing favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. You're like, oh, he goes to lunch with right. you know, Joe and Bob, and he mm-hmm. rarely goes to lunch with you know, yeah. Larry and Mary. I do think. And so, yeah. yeah. And you, just, just divorcing yourself from everybody I, <laughs> socially. I, yeah. I think that's a good point. I think if you're going to have relationships outside of the office, so to speak, you're, you better make sure you do it you know, equally with the people you work with, I think, at least to some degree. Because, yeah, I think that could be interpreted, you know. I'm not part of the inner circle. He is or she is. Right. You know. But, yeah, I can understand that. All right. Well, we'd love to get your feedback on this, folks. You can send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. That's one of the ways you can contact us. And we'd love to get your thoughts on this. We're all about helping churches and ministries. That's why we don't always talk about technical things. Uh, but, you know, because we're a tech company, we do. But we're also involved in our own churches and our own ministries. And so we're all about helping volunteers and helping staff and leaders, uh, you know, take make the most of what they're doing and help them grow. And because, as I've said before, Steve and I have like 258 years of ministry experience, so we ought to put it to work, right? That's right. All right, good. So we're done here. Uh, again, feedback's appreciated. Uh, we thank you for the privilege of your time today. Thanks for listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. He is Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. We'll catch you next time on another edition. Take care. <laughs>